0: Little fellow, you must have given up the hope of living. Uh uh.
1: On the contrary, I do not let the word death bother me.
0: Same here, baby. Then what are you waiting for? Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality The cream of the crop.
2: Hello and welcome to Triviality. I am Jeff and I'm going to be your host today. Joining me in the studio for our ever-popular Game of Death are Neil, Ken, and Matt. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing all right.
3: Matt, Matt is here. Uh, he is not missing, but he's uh, in the corner, kind of
4: floating ethereally. He, he's off mic right now, as we only have uh, four <laughs> microphones, and we have Greg here in the studio. How you doing, Greg? I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Good. Greg's an old buddy of uh, mine and Jeff, and uh, he knows the other Triviality fellows here as well. But uh, we're happy to have you in for a game of death. Yeah, thanks, guys.
5: I occasionally just join them at Bar Trivia and... Uh... I don't feel like I ever really helped them out, but um, maybe today I will show them that I actually know a few things. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Greg, for the listeners. Um, so I'm a full-time student, graduating um, in about a few weeks, which is pretty exciting. So from not studying the books, this is kind of an opportunity for me to uh, go through my uh, random trivia <laughs> <laughs> knowledge, see if I ever, if I know anything else.
3: Yeah, we're, Greg's usually the one that we call if we have some sort of weird medical issue, uh, dot, you know, wart, uh, something else that that uh, one of us gets, and we ask him what it is.
2: <laughs> yeah, I saw him hey, Greg, can
3: checking you. L- you for... Take a look at this. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Please um... put your
5: pants
4: back.
3: Up.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Moving on. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. I get to learn a lot about my friends in weird ways.
2: <laughs> so, well, thank you for joining us in the studio. Um, so, as uh, always with our game of deaths, we're going to be doing. Uh, Four rounds, five questions each, and they will go topic um, to host, uh, and then Greg will get his chance to turn the tables. The swing round will be five points apiece for Team Triviality, and ten points apiece for all of Greg's questions, and then we'll go through the final categories, uh, and Greg gets to pick topics from there. So, you guys ready to start? Let's do it. All right. Level one. Ken. No, I, I'm, I'm the, the meek level one <laughs> competitor. <laughs> History, arts, that kind of stuff, random knowledge. These are these are Ken's yep. topics. Question one. What religion did Mary Baker Eddy found?
4: Hmm. So the name doesn't ring a bell for me. Um it does sound either English or American though. Okay, I'm in. How
5: are you feeling on this one, Greg? Uh, not too good. I'm just you know, it's a really like English sounding name, so I'm just trying to think of like a lot of traditionalist or like Catholic-based religions. So I just kind of went through a bunch of them and was able to cross out a few that I can with pretty good confidence say are not from this person. What was the name again? Mary Baker Eddy. Yeah, okay. All right, I have an answer in.
4: Yeah, I'm going with the denomination of uh, Christianity, and I'm saying uh, Jehovah Witness. Okay. Oh, that's probably a better guess than
5: mine.
2: What did you guess, I just said evangelical. So uh, she is the founder of Christian Science.
3: (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> is that like the Christian Science Monitor or whatever? Yes. Okay. Yep,
5: that is exactly what it's like. Yeah, I don't know anything about that.
3: There's, I know there's a lot of stores everywhere that you want to walk into and grab a book. I do not, but more power to everyone else who does. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Question two. Uh, before the 12th Amendment was passed in 1804, how was the vice president determined?
4: Okay, I think I'm good on this one.
2: Yeah, I, I'm in. Okay,
5: uh, what did you say on this one, Ken?
4: Uh, it was the candidate with the second most,
5: uh, you know, votes. What are you saying? I one, Greg? said the exact same thing. The candidate with the second most votes—that
2: is correct. Second uh, person with the second most electoral votes became vice president.
4: Nice. So starting out with a tie, Greg. Let's do this. I don't know if my, my category is really my category anymore. <laughs> right, this it's isn't because Neil gets all the film questions. So,
5: like I've known you for so many years, Ken, and we've never sat down and talked about like Christian science <laughs> religions or anything. Well, like this is—I mean, this is
2: more contemporary American history. So,
3: well, if you have a few moments, you can step into my office. and I can talk to you about Christian science. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs>
2: Question three: As of November fifteenth, twenty seventeen, what Leonardo da Vinci painting is now the most expensive painting ever sold?
4: Yeah, I, oh, I remember I hearing saw this. about this. Yeah, I saw it, and I know what the painting is of. Okay, I'm in.
5: Okay. Yeah, I'm in as well. All right, uh, Greg, what did you say on this one? So I can't picture what it is, um, and I know it's not the Mona Lisa. But I don't know, maybe just some random chance that it's correct. So I just went with Mona Lisa. Okay. Ken. So, um,
4: yeah, I saw this. The painting is of Jesus. And I think it translates to the Savior or something like that. Um, and in Italian, I put la Savior. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: so I, I probably would have given you full points uh, if most, if the all of the English translation was there. It's Salvatore Mundi, which would be mm. Savior of the world. Okay.
4: That's fair. I was mostly there.
2: Right. Question four: This ancient Egyptian city shares its name with a U.S. city in which Martin Luther King Jr. was shot. I'm in. I figured it you might.
4: Giving me geography though. <laughs> it's
5: light. His, it's history. light geography.
2: Yeah, I figured you'd get it from the historical.
5: So. Oh, this is driving me. This is driving me crazy that I don't know this. I'm like trying to look at it from both perspectives of like an ancient city and. Uh, all right, I'm just going to, I'm in, I'm going to pass. Okay, no answer from Greg? Yeah, no answer. What did you say on this one, Ken? This
4: would be a place where you might want to walk, walk around. Uh, it's Memphis.
2: It is Memphis. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Matt over there in the corner, oh, what a good joke, walking around. <laughs> <Memphis>. <laughs> uh,
2: maybe you could channel the uh, U2 song about this shooting. Uh, shots rang out in the Memphis sky, mm. so... And the fifth question, final question for Ken on level one. This president oversaw the purchase and annexation of Alaska from Russia. Critics of the purchase called it Seward's Folly after his secretary of state, William Seward.
4: I am in. Uh, This was a previous trivia question.
2: Was it one that we asked?
4: I think a long time ago. But it was one that I asked. Oh, could have been. So it's something I happen to uh, know, as it's kind of bizarre.
5: I have a bad guess I'm in. Okay. Craig, what is your
2: bad guess? LBJ. Okay. And Ken, what did you say?
4: It's a little late for the purchase and annexation, but uh, the answer is Andrew Johnson, surprisingly. It
2: is surprisingly Andrew Johnson. What year was that? That was 1867. Oh, I was thinking
5: like it was like...
2: Alaska became a state in 1959, Mm -hmm. which would have been two presidencies before lbj
5: okay so i think i was thinking the 50s but i wasn't okay yeah
2: 59 is when it became a state okay so. all right so ken racks up 30 points in that round and greg puts up 10 I think Ooh, that's the I first
4: that's the first time i've actually won my round <laughs> <laughs>
2: that may be true <laughs> i don't know how i should feel about that
6: check check testing
2: matt is back in the saddle all right question one on level two with matt there are only two days in which you cannot watch one of the Big Four professional sports play a game: the day before and the day after what event? So this is to say that there are professional sports 363 days a year.
6: Professional sports of uh, are... the Big Four, yeah. The big
2: Four, okay.
5: I'm locked yeah. in. So not MLS.
6: These are the two saddest days to watch SportsCenter because they're really stretching for stuff. <laughs> live, uh...
5: <laughs> they just use kind of Lavar Ball for everything yeah. now. So, what do you think, Greg? Since you think you got it, I would say uh, the day that falls between the two days is New Year's Day. Okay. Ooh,
6: no, they play uh, hockey games on New Year's Day now, and all so they do that. So um,
2: what? So what day, Matt, separates the day before and the day after where so there are no sports? So you
6: would think it'd be in the summer because there's no football, basketball, or hockey, and they take a three-day break for the MLB All-Star Game. So the answer is the MLB All-Star so
2: Game. So the day before and the day after the MLB All-Star Game, there mm. are no professional sports played in the Big Four. So Matt will be getting points on that one. I was Am trying
5: I... to think like Thanksgiving, no. Christmas, no. Right. Halloween, right. no. And I was trying to think it was around like a major national holiday. Um, like it's not Veterans Day, Memorial Day. Uh, New Year's for some reason was just the only thing that was really sticking. Yeah, in. Got, I wasn't thinking of like a sports event.
6: You got stuck on holidays and yeah. I yeah. not get off. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah i see where you're coming from there i tried to because th- i know hockey and baseball i mean hockey and basketball are at the same time so i mm-hmm. tried to think of like the sport that was outside it so baseball right. but i couldn't think of like any specific date in baseball So
2: all right on to question two in professional basketball the ball was put back into play following every basket by what means until 1936
6: well, I don't remember that particular season. So You don't you don't remember the, the like thirty five, thirty six yeah. season very well? <laughs> Those Rochester Royals. Uh jeez.
5: All right, I have an idea. I'm in. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. I don't know this one. Greg with an idea. What'd you say, Greg? Uh Just because it seems like there always is kind of changes in this specific category with like the way it's been done um, in basketball, I'm just going to go say uh, a jump ball. Okay, Matt, what did you say?
6: Oh, that sounds right. Uh, I just said that they just had to dribble it in.
2: Uh, so Greg will be getting points on this. Every single inbounds play was
5: a jump ball. I cannot imagine that right now. That, was, that was... would be the worst <laughs> sport ever. <Could> imagine
6: <laughs> after the Warriors scored 140 on the Bulls, how long that game was. <laughs> <laughs> There's a jump ball at every basket. Oh, my oh God. that's unbelievable. Yeah.
2: So um, you know, uh, you can kind of see why they uh, they may have decided to change that ruling. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Question three. Which of the four major sports franchises in the U.S. has the most three peats? That is to say, three consecutive championship series won by the same winner. Hmm.
6: Does six in a row count as two, three? <laughs> I,
2: know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I don't think it does. Okay,
5: then it's So counts. it has to be just three, and then they don't win it the next year. So, like, if they won well, I think, in a row, I think the way it goes is three plus. Okay. Okay.
6: All right, I'm locked in.
5: I don't know how many 3 beats there've been in hockey, though. Cause like, but I know the hockey league has been around longer than basketball. Hockey night. I, I'm trying to think, like maybe in the early years, if there were a few teams. Okay, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in. All right. Okay. Uh, what did you say on that one, uh, Matt?
6: So when I asked about the um, three-peats, I know we were both thinking Boston Celtics. Yeah, when you said six straight. Yeah, yeah, so they won eight in a row, I think. So that would technically be two three-peats. But I went with the team that has the most championships, just assumed that they would probably have the most three-peats, and went with the New York Yankees.
5: I'm looking for the league. So you're saying the MLB?
2: Yeah, the MLB. Okay.
5: Wow. I was thinking exactly the Yankees, too, and was thinking
2: Major League Baseball. All right. So, um by my math here, I've got that the uh, NFL has had 0. Yeah. There was exactly. one pre-NFL. Uh that would be the Browns had four in a row. I didn't think it was football. No. They've never had a three-peat since becoming the NFL. It's totally going to be hockey. Um <laughs> the Major League Baseball Association has had 7. Mm-hmm. The NHL has had 9, and the NBA has 10.
6: I completely I was thinking about the question, question wrong.
5: <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about the individual team. And I now, thought we had a name. The team. Yeah. No. Because if <laughs> like, the Bulls had two, like Boston had probably three or four. Right. Yeah. You know. So, sorry yeah. about that. No, it's okay. All right. At least we both got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we
6: both thought of it the same wrong way. Perfect.
2: All right. Uh, keeping it in the family, this famous NFL quarterback played for BYU in college. His great-great-great-grandfather bears the school's namesake.
5: Got it. Okay, I'm in.
2: All right, what'd you say on that one, Greg? Brigham Young. Okay, so Brigham Young is the school BYU. Yeah. So who is the famous NFL quarterback who would be the great, great grandson of that person? Oh, Steve Young. (laughs) Okay, Steve Young. And what'd you say, Matt?
6: I also said Steve Young. It is Steve Young.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so funny enough, Steve Young...
5: Related to Brigham Young. Didn't know that. Till yeah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> I actually thought that the player was the name of the school. And I was just <laughs> like, uh, Brigham Young, because I know the name of BYU. And right you're now. like, yeah, well, who was his great grandson? And I was just like, uh, yeah. well.
6: Vince Young? No, yeah. Vince yeah. Young. <laughs> not a, a not at BYU. <laughs>
2: great joke. Uh, question five. As promised, a hockey question. Mm-hmm. This NHL player, named as one of the 100 greatest players of all time by the NHL in their 100th season, was also a great entrepreneur, lending his name to what would become Canada's largest fast service company.
6: Oh. If what I wrote down is right, I did not know he was a hockey player. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> all right, my answer is <laughs> then. <laughs> My answer is uh, all right, can man, I go first? Matt, who do you think is not a hockey player? Uh, Mr. Tim Horton. <laughs> okay, and Greg? <laughs> that
5: is exactly what I have.
2: Yeah, no, Tim Horton was a hockey player. Uh, there <laughs> go. I just thought he
6: was a coffee magnet. He was I'm actually a... learning a lot today. <laughs> he was a very
2: <laughs> successful hockey player.
6: Well,
3: there you well, we uh, go. Stan's uh, Donuts. Stan yes,
5: Stan's Donuts. Is this a Tim Horton's coffee I'm drinking right now, Neil? Uh, it is.
3: It is not. It's it uh, a blend from uh, Milwaukee. Uh-huh.
4: <laughs> Which we'll name with, uh, with the... That's right.
3: Yeah. We're
2: holding the name at ransom. We're big coffee
3: drinkers, so if any of you coffee brands out there want to be uh, you know, mentioned on this podcast, just let us know.
2: Um, so no, um, Tim Horton actually uh, died while he was still a player. Um, mm-hmm. He had started some businesses on the side with um, all of the money he had made, and uh, he was given uh, a car called a Tomaso Pantera as a way to attract him to playing for the Um, buffalo bill or the uh, buffalo sabers and he crashed in on his way home and died unfortunately him and his wife so he's 44
5: that's terrible
2: all right so going through uh the first half of the game here looks like team triviality has 60 points and greg has 40 points so pretty even so far all right so for our swing round today uh it's gonna be pretty straightforward all i'm looking for is according to the atlantic in a november 2013 issue uh what they considered to be the
5: top 10 greatest inventions of all time, can I ask a question? Sure. Now, when you say an inventions, is it under their description that like this, like infrastructure idea would be an invention, like like modern plumbing, like is that like an idea or is it just like an like an individual item?
2: They tend to focus on um, single breakthroughs or standalone inventions, so not typically large
3: scale ideas. Do you want to go in the other room, Greg, or would you rather be in here with headphones on?
5: Uh, I'll go in the other room.
0: Okay. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumbacasino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Want to
1: learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh,
3: There's some on there that are a little strange. Like, I know right off the bat, I believe maybe number one is, or one of the top is printing press.
6: Yeah, printing press I would definitely put as one. Television? television right smartphone
3: ooh. or would it just be mobile phone
6: let's just do mobile phone uh personal computer pc has got to be probably um
3: let's think um uh, like what about the the dishwasher or Mm. washing machine no 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 okay
6: no one cares about it
3: (laughs) (laughs) i care Uh, about it i'm glad it was invented automobile uh yeah or no is it the automobile or is it the combustion engine
6: Oh, combustion engine makes all that possible Antibiotics Mm
3: Mm-hmm Vaccine probably wouldn't be in there, right? Uh,
6: Antibiotics, I mean
3: No That's different Okay Do both
6: I don't think they'd both be in the top ten I think they would What about sliced bread? It's the greatest thing
4: You're going to call me crazy, but cotton gin? It always bizarrely comes up in these lists And you think, like
6: What about the atomic bomb? that
3: so it's important yeah i mean all right you just want to go with these 10 yeah We're all right good. just for the record what did I, I forgot what i said washing machine no
6: washing machine
3: dishwasher and uh, i forget the other one i said oh the out ones loud. that you want to be right about no just that i know that I, at least i said out loud <laughs>
2: all right so greg has joined us back in the studio triviality has had its chance to discuss what they think that the 10 greatest breakthroughs uh the atlantic published a list of 50 by the way but we're just doing the top 10 and uh so now i'm going to let both teams run through their lists and i will run through the atlantic's list and we will see what they
5: got uh so i didn't know how the atlantic would do this i mean considering what i do for work um i obviously have a lot of bias where i think a lot of like revolutionary changes happened mm-hmm. in terms of inventions but um for my list, I have the steam engine. I have uh, capsuled medications, so like something like antibiotics. Uh, the internet, um, but with that, I kind of was like connected with internet slash electronic products. Again, I didn't know how detailed they wanted to be, like just like the advancements in computer technology. I got like, you. Yeah. If there are
2: any questions that arise, because um, I think there might be a
5: few, we'll go through them. So. So I went with just the modern clock. Um, television, appropriately radio, mm-hmm. the airplane, a light bulb, um, paper. But I had that combined with like the printing press, and then an MRI machine.
4: Okay.
2: All right. So I've got your list. And triviality. What did you say?
6: All right. So we uh, went with the printing press, uh, television, internet, mobile phone, personal oh, computer, mobile phone. Combustion engine, antibiotics, vaccines, the atomic bomb, and a cotton gin. All right. So uh, it
2: might be easier for me if you just score yourselves on this, but I'll double check. The combustion engine. That's a good one. Man, I
5: didn't even think of that. I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go
2: 10 to 1 on this. So this will kind of give you an idea about what they're thinking. Number 10, the steam engine. Mm. So I'll nod to Greg on that one. Number 9. The internet. All right. Both teams will be getting points. Number eight, vaccination. All right. Number seven, the internal combustion engine. Both of them are up there. Number six, paper. Number five, optical lenses.
5: Oh wow That seems obvious now. Number four
6: it's right, The answer is right in front of you <laughs> he <wears gloves>. <laughs> I,
5: I like that I mentioned that Medicine was going to give me an advantage And <laughs> I didn't think of optical lenses Or vaccinations <laughs>
2: Number four Semiconductors or semiconductor electronics mm-hmm. Number three Penicillin Specifically <laughs> penicillin So um, I don't know how to rule on the antibiotics one that was the
5: first yeah, it's just the first I mean, one. Okay, then I'm
2: good giving you for that, because if I asked for specificity, you probably would have said... It. If I said, be more specific, you probably would have picked it, so that's yeah, fine. if I had to pick one. Yeah. Uh, number two, electricity. Oh. Yeah. Just a breakthrough. Oh. It exists in the world, but we didn't really find it for a while. <laughs> I said
5: light bulb, but I didn't think that far back.
2: And number one, hailing from 1430, oh, the printing press. press. All right. Hmm. So, I'll just run down the rest of the list here so you guys get an idea about what you may or may not have missed out on. Um, I didn't want to go any longer because I know a couple of these you definitely wouldn't get. Great ideas all around, though. Um, nitrogen fixation is number 11. So, the Haberbosch process.
5: Yeah, for like, yeah. it's just it's putting nitrogen in the soil. So, uh, it, like, it's, helps the crops grow. it's
2: the chemical way to actually make ammonia synthetically. Oh, okay. um, and then they can use it to make synthetic fertilizers, which have actually probably saved more people then um then it actually killed then then it killed yeah Yeah. (laughs) for bombs i've heard about that uh number 12 sanitation systems which Mm -hmm. at plumbing would have been one yeah uh 13 is refrigeration 14 gunpowder 15 airplane pc comes in at 16 the compass 17 the automobile 18 19 is industrial steel making and number 20 the pill
6: ah Hmm. so it was on there
2: Alright, so in the swing round, Team Triviality got 5 right out of 10, adding 25 to their score. Greg got 4, but he'll be getting 40 because of the double points. So moving out of the swing round, it'll be Team Triviality, 85 with a narrow lead over Greg with 80. Alright, All right, so we're going to be moving on to the third tier of the Pagoda. And this will feature Neil with his knowledge of film, mostly.
6: Greg, you're pretty familiar with films and that stuff
5: Uh, I would say I am a film snob But Uh, probably not to the extent where I actually remember (laughs) everything that I would for like the benefit of a trivia
2: Alright, so the first question is uh, I'm looking for the title of the movie Uh, So it's this Stanley Kubrick film spent $1 million or 55% of its budget paying one actor
5: Okay, I'm in
3: So... I was writing down all of his movies, and I I was going to go through all of them, and I, I wrote down, I don't know, like six or seven. So I didn't want to like go through all of them, like Full Metal Jacket. I don't think Matthew Modine is getting a million dollars, uh, nor is uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, I, I took out Lolita, um, Clockwork Orange. Uh, I didn't think Malcolm McDowell would get a million dollars for that. So I was kind of whittled down to three movies um one was Spartacus which kind of wasn't his movie it was more Kirk Douglas's movie but I could see in the 1960s that if it had a a budget at the time would have been two million dollars Kirk Douglas was a producer of it so I'm leaning towards that um I have The Shining which I feel like it had a bigger budget than two million dollars but if it didn't the biggest actor on this list would probably be Jack Nicholson in his prime he would have gotten a million dollars and then the third film sort of in a dark horse called Barry Lyndon uh, which starred Ryan O'Neal, but he had a lot of trouble making that movie because it was a period piece um, that shot in available light, and uh, no one really wanted to fund it. For the hell of it, I'm going to go Spartacus.
2: Okay, and what were your thoughts on this one, Greg? So
5: I tried to think of it like just going through his movies. I thought Full Metal Jacket, The Shining, um, is it Path of Glory? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Path of Glory. Path, yeah. So and I just know that. It just from like remembering watching those movies, they're all like, they seem big budget. And in terms of a movie where I would think most of the budget would have to go to one actor, I thought of like a, like a movie that would be have more like isolated scenes in one area. And I kept thinking of the big table in Dr. Strangelove. So I don't know the name of the actor, but just based on the production, I think that's my guess where like an actor got most of the budget.
2: Um, so very famously about this movie... Um, Kubrick said uh, that he got three actors for the price of six. So that would be Dr. Strangelove. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was paid uh, $1 million of the $1.8 million budget Peter Sellers was.
5: When wow. you said three actors for the price of six, I was like, are you going to say 2001? Because there's like three people in that movie. No, no,
2: he's talking about the multi-roles that Peter Sellers played. So, yeah. And uh, apparently it doesn't seem like he was very pro paying him that much money, but <laughs> 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 from the from the line there, but... So yeah, no, it was it was Doctor Strangelove. All right, question two: What is the only non-Western animated film to win an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature? Mm. You
6: know this one, Ken? Oh yeah, yeah. This this could have been in Ken's mind right <laughs> Okay, <laughs>
5: yeah, okay. What'd you say on that one, Greg? Uh, I went with the. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, I'm fairly confident it's the right answer. It's Spirited Away. And Neil? I want with Spirited Away.
2: Yeah, that would be two thousand one. Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away. I think a lot of us in Mr. room are fans of <laughs> <his>. <laughs> Was that
3: 2002? Was that the year that... Uh, I believe 2002 was the year He didn't won. show up because of the invasion of Iraq?
2: Correct. Yeah, yeah, he didn't show up in protest. But it's the only uh, non-Western animated film, which I was kind of surprised to find that out. All right, question three. Which Bond actor wore a wig in every
5: single one of his Bond portrayals? I'm in. Okay, I'm in. Okay. What did you say on this one, Greg? So you said sev- several like Bond roles, and like I don't know. I said every single appearance. Every single appearance. Okay. Um, doesn't really change my answer. So I think I know who it is because I can sort of picture him, but I don't know his name, so I have to go with Sean Connery. But I think it's the actor that's in Hot Fuzz that is... Timothy Dalton? Yeah, I think it's him. Would you rather go with Timothy Dalton? I can give you the name as well. You feel so confident about it that now I'm pretty sure it's not the answer. (laughs) So, yeah, just because that's who I was thinking, I'll say Timothy Dalton. Okay. Okay. This is when you go, yeah, it's Sean Connery. Sean Connery? (laughs) Yeah, it's Sean Connery. Uh, (laughs) Is it really? Yeah. Oh, my God. You've
2: got to be kidding me. No. No, I am not.
3: uh, Was he already bald at the time? Yeah, he's always always kind of been bald. I can't
5: believe you literally made me change my answer to the wrong answer. (laughs) I got manipulated.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Chest hair is real, but the hair on his head is not.
5: You said Sean Connery, didn't you? Yeah, but I changed my answer to Timothy. Oh you did? Yeah. Oh, officially? I don't
3: know.
5: Can we? How oh, it worked then. My, my plan worked then. Because I, I don't know if I could have technically actually picked him because I didn't know no, his name. No, but. so I think we we have to default to the fact that you didn't know the answer and you said
6: Sean Connery, right? He, I mean. He was it, locked in with Sean Connery, okay. to be honest.
5: Yeah, in. I was just messing yeah, around we're That's good. Fine. Oh,
2: That's fine. I wrote 10 on your thing, giving you credit for it. But hey, also hilarious. I'll, I'll
5: take the points. So, All
2: right. <laughs> so far, so good. Question four in Neil's round. This Whitney Houston film also has the top-selling soundtrack of all time. I'm locked in. Selling 17 million copies. Yeah. I'm in. Okay. Well, that was an easy one. Greg, what'd
5: you say? The Bodyguard. Neil? The Bodyguard. Yeah, The Bodyguard.
6: No one's going to sing it?
2: I'm no.
0: not
5: even going to try. <laughs> 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 um, I don't think anyone should actually try no. I found
2: out that the Space Jam soundtrack Is only sextuple platinum And is like number 13 on the list of yeah. bestsellers Everybody
6: but. get up <laughs> <laughs> That one not say Oh it's the R. Kelly song That's that right everyone's graduation song that year oh my god
3: i believe i can fly yeah. oh, i remember
5: that yeah <laughs> it was either i believe i can fly or good riddance by yeah. green day that's right i saw him perform that, was like that 10 song years. live at Bonnaroo and it was his closing song and it R was Kelly? yeah was he was it at bonaroo it was absolutely <laughs> he came in on a crane like from behind the stage but it wasn't like you're dark yet a bird? so no no <laughs> no there was a crane behind the stage that like lifted him up and hoisted him and lowered him like in front of the crowd and he opened with remix to ignition and he was wearing a white suit so yeah. we could all literally see him standing behind the stage like getting hoisted up by the <laughs> crane so it was like not that epic of an entrance but i believe i can fly was awesome <laughs> question five what two
2: fictional characters are hidden as an easter egg in the hieroglyphics of the film indiana
5: jones and the raiders of the lost ark oh, this is a, a question why. that neil a hundred percent will get and i have no idea
3: uh no I hundred percent know one of them and I'm I'm
5: pretty sure on the other one. All right, I have a guess. Okay. And what did you uh what did you say on this one, Greg? So I'm thinking Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm thinking of the very end of the movie where they basically all just get like absolutely destroyed from looking at it. So I kind of went along the lines of Medusa. Okay. And I was trying to remember who actually fought Medusa. I said like it was like Percy or someone, but I think it's I can't remember the name of. I don't think it's right, but... Okay.
2: Gotcha. I know what you're going at. Percy and Medusa (laughs) is my answer. And what would you say, Neil? Uh,
3: So, um, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark was famously produced by George Lucas... Uh, and George Lucas put E.T. in uh, some of the prequels for Star Wars. And uh, at the time, Steven Spielberg, as a little nod to his friend George, put in, I believe, C-3PO and R2-D2.
2: C-3PO and
5: R2-D2 wow. do appear. Wow, that's way more fictional than I <laughs> thought it was going to be. <laughs> as hieroglyphics in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I got to see that scene, though. Yeah, it's per- pretty cool. That sounds it's pretty cool. It's Perseus. Okay, yeah.
3: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, man. they do a lot of that um, back and forth in all the movies, like little Easter eggs like that. So,
2: heading out of Neil's round, before we get into Greg's, and I'll tell you the category in a minute there, it is still a very close game. Both players got 40 points on that, so it's 125-120.
3: I should have thought more about that Dr. Strangelove one, but that's all right. Four out of five ain't bad.
2: So, today, uh, Greg decided that he would like his category to be the NBA so uh, Greg is a huge basketball fan. Um, I we decided in talking that I wasn't going to go basketball generally because uh, I thought WNBA would be kind of a <laughs> I'd be I'd be throwing him for curveballs he didn't need. So uh, this is supposed to be the the guests category. So we went NBA.
5: Uh, who would you like to challenge on this one, Greg? I uh, so if I challenge Ken, I feel like I'll do fairly well, but. I uh, am a big fan of listening to the Game of Death and wanted to challenge someone at something that I think they're good at, because I thought that would be fun, so I want to challenge Matt.
6: Yeah. Bold strategy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if it pays <laughs> off. If, if, if
5: I was like doing really poorly, I think I would challenge Ken. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Ken. No, no, <laughs> it's all about strategy. So
6: I accept your challenge.
2: Perfect. All right, let's do it. All right. So, question one. Uh, what Hall of Fame player is the NBA logo designed after?
5: I'm locked in. Yeah, same. Wow. I, actually, I actually know that one. Do you? Yeah. All right. Greg, what'd you say on that one? The logo himself,
2: Jerry West. Mm-hmm. Jerry West. Jerry West it is. Former Laker Jerry West. Question two. Why did Detroit Piston Rashid Wallace have his 2004 championship ring resized? Oh.
5: All right. I'm locked in.
2: Hmm.
5: Okay.
6: I think this is a weird answer, but I have an answer.
2: Okay. Uh, let's start with Matt with a weird answer.
6: Uh, they They used to carry around these... WWE championships, and I think maybe he got it, like, melted down into his championship belt, but that's all I could think of. Oh, that's a good guess, because okay. that's
5: something
2: Rasheed Wallace would definitely know. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, what do you think Rashid Wallace had I, it resized so for? So,
5: I originally thought it was because he got in a fight and probably broke his hand, because Rasheed Wallace is, like, an infamous, like, bad boy of the NBA, but I just thought it was something more wholesome, and uh, I said he got married and changed the finger it was on, so... You you're on to something.
2: He did change the finger that it was on, but it wouldn't fit his middle finger. Um, oh, so he had it resized answer. to fit his middle but finger.
3: Who's the guy that choked out the coach? Uh, Latrell Sprewell.
5: Sprewell. Yeah. Sprewell. Okay. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> so Otto,
2: you should say that there's a Latrell Sprewell question later. <laughs> the Sweet. answer is spinners. <laughs> <laughs> the original
5: fidget spinner.
6: <laughs> Automobile fidget spinner.
2: Alright, question three. It wouldn't be a basketball question without a Wilt Chamberlain question. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in addition to all of his other accolades and his inclusion in the NBA Hall of Fame, what other sports Hall of Fame is Wilt Chamberlain
5: a member of? I'm in. Great. <laughs> I don't really... I'm not really sure yeah. what it is. Okay. What do, do you th- think it is? So, I know Wilt Chamberlain, in terms of like professional sports, was... He was pretty famously, if I'm not mistaken, a Harlem Globetrotter mm-hmm. before he was in the NBA. But... I would just imagine that that's just a like that would just be part of being like the basketball hall of fame. Um but I do remember hearing that he was just like, you know, just one of those freak athletes that was just pretty much great at everything he did. So I figured he was like a high school football star and then I would imagine that he was just like in like a football hall of fame because of that. So kind of c- kept it simple, but What I'm did not you really think sure. on that one, Matt?
6: So I had also heard that he was a bit of a freak athlete, um, in the sense that he slept with many, many women.
5: Uh, <laughs> oh, that's where we're going he's with known, us. Known
6: for, <laughs> he's known for sleeping with lots of ladies, so I put he was in the pimping hall of fame. <laughs>
2: Uh, unfortunately <laughs> technically a sport <laughs> that's, uh, that's where
6: i got caught up i was like i think he is in some sort of, hall of he's family.
2: actually in the uh in the international volleyball
3: hall of fame he was a
2: really good volleyball
6: oh, player i, I do remember hearing that but oh, i was man. really happy with my pimping answer, so i didn't i think it. i do
3: remember hearing that it was now. grounded in logic i mean yeah you know that was his deal yeah look it up lots of women didn't he live in a house that had a moat the rick flair of basketball <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right question four so three times in the nba has a player made nine three-point field goals in a game with no misses latrell speedwell did it with the knicks in 2003 and this player did it twice once as a bull and once as a piston
6: mm. i don't think ben wallace was making too many three points
5: <laughs> i don't know how many he has in his career it's nice. gotta be low less than five i'd guess. it <laughs>
6: Bulls Pistons famous rivals
5: he had like a 30% free throw shot yeah, there's no way like he was pulling up threes without yeah. a coach immediately removing him from the game is the Andre Drummond of his time
6: <laughs> uh I'm locked oh. in with an answer Andre Drummond's
5: good at free throws now, he
6: is I now yeah, yeah jokes you know. that I don't understand
2: sports 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 <laughs> sports sports, sports, sports.
6: <laughs> <laughs> all right
2: everybody's in Yep. all right what did you think on that one Matt uh
6: referred to as Air Gordon
5: you think it's Ben Gordon yeah okay what do you think Greg yeah so um, just from the only two people that I can think of now, because it's Bulls to Detroit is that I have to think of the modern era of like how many three point shooters, like how many shots uh, people take now from three pointer, um, versus like the old era. So the only two people I thought was like, either like Rip Hamilton or Ben Gordon. And just from the way you're saying the question, he was, he did it with the Bulls and then did it with Detroit. I have to go with Ben Gordon.
2: So I have uh, Ben Gordon. Yeah. He did it against the Wizards in 06 and against the Nuggets in 2012. Mm-hmm. Question five. Wilt Chamberlain holds the record for both most points in a game at 100 and most points and a half at 59. However, he is not the player with the most points in a quarter. Who is the player that holds this record? I'm locked in. If he could have kept the pace up through four quarters, he would have had 148 points that game. I'm locked in.
6: Me too.
5: All right, what do you take on that one, Greg? This is the most infamous, I think, third quarter, if I'm not mistaken, I've ever seen in basketball oh, where Kobe sh- Thompson could not miss at all he scored 37 points
6: all right and what do you have on that one matt it's clay thompson but i said tracy mcgrady
5: Uh, ah
2: yeah unfortunately it is clay thompson yeah 37 points in the third quarter
5: yeah he didn't miss a single (laughs) shot and they just kept feeding him Yeah, it was it's insane yeah
2: it's crazy so um so greg will be adding 30 to his score to go up to 150 and matt tacked on another 20 points for team triviality bringing them to 145 so still a very close game All right, so on to the final round. So, in our game of death, we present our guest with 10 categories that they can choose the five of. And so, I will run through those now. First one is classical music. Second, group names. Third is vexillology. Fourth, eponyms. Five is in linguistics. Six is in geography. Seven is in chemistry. Eight is in biology. <laughs> Nine is math. Man, Jeff,
4: these are fun. <laughs> I know, aren't they? They're
2: so much fun. It's <laughs> a light game of trivia. <laughs> and the last one is in mortuary sciences. Flags. Sexology is flags. Oh. It is literally like the study and appreciation do, of flags.
5: I'll do that as one. Um, I'll do biology, chemistry. I'll take a shot at classical music. Okay. What was the second category? Uh, group names. I'll do
2: that one. Okay. Um, so, the, uh, so the categories, as Greg chose, classical music, group names, vexillology, chemistry, biology. So I'll get the wagers from you guys now. All right. So uh, now that the wagers are in, let's go through the questions. So the first question is in classical music. This composer invented the idea of the fade-out as a way to demonstrate an idea of how far away Neptune was from the other planets. Question number two. A group of foxes is known as what? Question number three in vexillology. Which U.S. state was the first to adopt their current flag? Question number four in chemistry. Which metal melts in your hand? Which elemental metal melts in your hand? And number five in bio. A melanistic animal would be one that has traits opposite to what genetic disorder?
1: Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the Chart Topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia. Search for The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say.
0: Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Kat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities.
1: The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. So, so uh,
4: triviality is going to discuss... Regarding the, uh, the melanistic, the opposite of a melanistic... Uh, disorder that would be albino yeah. or albinism.
3: Yeah, uh, is that for yeah? Okay. The metal yeah. that
4: melts in your hand is gallium. So I'm kind of upset that we didn't bet on that. Yeah. Um, the planets. Yeah, I Gustav it,
3: Mahler. No. Uh, oh well, it's yeah. It's whoever did the he did all the uh, compositions of the planets. Like he did Mars. Yeah. It's Mahler. I could be wrong. I think it's uh, Gustav. I wrote down. Is it Gustav Holt or something Holt? I feel like I did Stanford. write down Gustav though, but it. We played this in high school. Um, we played Mars. Mm-hmm. I just can't remember. All right, so let's table yeah. that one. Yeah,
4: foxes. I thought it was a fleet of foxes. Yeah. Oh, that sounds right. Are we thinking of the band Fleet Foxes We are thinking too? of it, but I think okay. they're named after that. Let's go with
3: that. Yeah, no, that's a good poll. Yeah, I'm never. I never retain.
4: That's what I was thinking
3: too. Animal groups. But that's smart. That's a good.
6: So, they obviously didn't have state flags when they first came or did they i
4: feel like uh illinois came in with the state flag and it's got the uh the
6: date on it so so my first thought was ohio was it but i don't this is just a shot in the dark for me so So you would think it'd be one of the first like 16 or so you know it'd be an early one
3: i mean i'm trying to think of like simple well this is bad logic but i was just trying to think of simple flags like alabama's the x right um i don't know if they've flew that. Uh, do, do we have any any flags that would have been flown? And in... I have
4: an inclination that when Illinois became a state, mm-hmm. it adopted its flag immediately. So that's uh, that's all I know on the subject.
3: I just can't think of like really old flags that have been that way forever. You know that are like ingrained in the culture. Mississippi. Like the Confederate flag is not Georgia, right? I mean, that, that was just that's, the Confederacy, that's Mississippi. right? Mississippi. Mississippi. Okay. It
6: has elements
4: of the Confederate flag. So what do we think about the the planets? Holst. Is it Holst?
3: it's close i think it's gustav holt i i don't know why I, I gustav definitely came in my my head and you said gustav what were you Mahler. Th- it is the plan i mean because the more I- you say
4: Mahler, the more i think that's wrong
3: so holst. gustav
6: host
4: i think it's holst
3: let me think holst host gustav host holst Holth. holt
4: let's go with holst
3: holst okay all
4: right,
2: so I think everyone is settled. So we uh, we commence with uh, the answers. So and triviality had uh, a discussion about a few of these. How did you find
5: them, Greg? Um, so I feel a little confident with some. I'll be a little embarrassed if I get a few wrong. And uh, the one that really stood out to me was the group names question. I could not. I know it's like some obscure name but I could not think for the life of me of what it was, so. Fair enough.
2: All right, so let's go through the answers now. Uh, In classical music, uh, the wagers were 20 to Team Triviality and 10
3: to Greg. So what did you guys say in
2: Team Triviality?
3: So we we went back and forth um, on a few things. Ken Ken and I both thought of the name Gustav, um, and we were trying to decide between Gustav Holst, Gustav Holt, and uh, Gustav Mahler, Um, and we finally, kind of going back and forth, saying it out loud, we we settled on uh, just the name Holst.
5: And what did you think on that one, Greg? I really had no idea. I wasn't sure how far back I should go for classical music in terms of like who came up with this idea. I just kind of just went with Brahms. Okay. Uh, So, um, believe it or not, uh, as a way to
2: show the distance of Neptune, um, Gustav Holst, so, points wow, going to triviality. Nice job, guys. Uh, what he did was he had the um, orchestra play and then he slowly closed a door um, before uh, during the performance um, so that it was cut off and it would seem kind of eerie and far out. So, oh, he's nice. uh, credited with the idea of
3: the fade out. Cool. That's cool.
4: Good teamwork, Neil.
3: Yeah. Good job, Ken. I was also there. And Matt was there and helped too. <laughs>
6: And I help, too.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right.
2: And into number two for group names. Both teams wagering 10 on this. Both teams in a little bit of pain, it looks like. So uh, what did you say, uh, Team Triviality?
6: So we got this... um, Basically, I was basing it on the band Fleet Foxes (laughs) with a fleet of foxes.
5: (laughs) Okay. Any thoughts on this one, Greg? What did you have? So as i was saying before like i f- i knew it was some obscure name like but i don't think it was like gang um but i also went with uh, fleet foxes <laughs>
2: <laughs> unfortunately nobody will be receiving
5: uh, points it's a skulk of foxes a skulk.
6: i've heard uh, that before i think
5: so apparently they like to skulk around i feel like if that was mentioned in the movie zootopia i would have remembered it but <laughs> they yeah. never mentioned that foxes are skulking it's a it's a it's a great movie the band was called
6: skulk foxes i don't know if they'd be as popular yeah probably Probably not
2: not. (laughs) (laughs) question three was in vexillology and uh triviality going 10 on this one and greg surrendering so what did you think uh greg who has the
5: uh longest flying state flag um i was i was first thinking that it was based on like the original colonies but i kind of thought that maybe um too easy. So I just picked uh, Illinois.
3: All right. And what did you say, Team Triviality? Uh, we had a, a similar discussion. We thought Delaware might be might be too simple since it was the first state. So uh, Ken threw out Illinois, which you know seemed to work out well, and, and Matt hilarious. threw out uh, Ohio as well, but we ended up going Illinois. Um,
2: so Ken had mentioned in your discussion that uh, 1818 appears on the flag because um, that's basic. State of Illinois is pretty lazy. They just put the state seal on there. State seal had the year of incorporation or statehood. Um, but it's been flying since it was a territory. Hawaii has had their flag since oh. 1845 wow. when they were um, basically an overseas colony.
6: You said Hawaii. I did, yeah. And we said, pah, no way. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: many of the other flags that you mentioned came after the Civil War, and our battle flags or inspired right. by other things. So
5: That makes sense. Yeah,
2: so Hawaii, believe it or not, has had their own flag since when they were Kind of a
5: sovereign kingdom, sort of. (laughs) And uh, all the way up until they became the last state. I think the only Hawaii trivia thing I know is King Kamehameha, (laughs) which is always the answer whenever it's a Hawaii trivia question.
2: We've had a few. Uh, We've had Hawaiian alphabet questions before, and we've gone through a lot of them. So Hawaii is always a bevy of trivia. So question four was in chemistry. The question was, what elemental metal melts in your hand? Wagers on this one, uh, 10 to Greg, and triviality just given
5: up on it. No points.
6: Yeah. Should have been more. Um,
5: <laughs> I sort of immediately uh, regretted picking chemistry because of this, because I, I knew it was going to be something kind of uh, maybe obscure. Uh, I just went with mercury. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Uh,
6: yeah, Ken was not quick on this one. Uh, gallium.
2: It is gallium.
3: Great. So, Zero points is that us. GA?
2: It is GA. Yeah, I actually have some on my desk at home. It's pretty fun. The smug um, look on Neil's face. Totally
3: I, I know, I was telling you, I only know like 12 and the way I memorize that one is I go go down to Georgia and get some gallium. <laughs> that's how I remember that <laughs> one. <I wasn't, laughs> really? That's how the teach uh, it. See, at I w- I
5: wasn't sure if it was mercury just because like I know with Mer- thermometers right. like it like you have to be at a certain temperature for it. Right. You know, you know, you know what I'm thinking like at 98.6 right. like no. that's your body
2: temperature, right. so it would It'll melt freeze. in your hand. So the the thing about mercury is it um it would be what's considered room temperature like seventy degrees yeah it would still be liquid uh, but gallium's melting point is about eighty three degrees okay. so it's solid in at a ro- in room temperature and it will melt in your hand oh that makes so. sense because at
5: room temperature if it got solid maybe it, like it would probably break the thermometer yep I figured it might be a medical question that you were trying to help me out with so. <laughs> and if no and, and if it was mercury and I didn't know it I would have been
2: embarrassed. <laughs> So no, you're on the right track. It's one of the few metals that uh, is liquid at a relatively safe temperature to to touch. I wouldn't touch mercury directly, but mm-hmm. uh, gallium's safe. So have fun with it. I have some at home. All right, last don't question. Drink it. Don't yeah don't don't drink it. you, think, you just have it, gallium at home. I do. Yeah, on my desk. pretty cool. It's pretty great. Um, I keep it in a glass <laughs> container. <laughs> uh, question five is in biology. So uh, triviality going ten on this, and Greg going twenty.
5: So let's see uh, what Greg said on the high wager. So the only reason why I think I was able to get this is because you said genetic. I was thinking of conditions that cause like depigmentation changes. So my mind immediately went to like vitiligo, which like is just a complication of your skin where you get depigmentation. Um, but I don't think that's genetic. So the only thing I could think which was brought to me from the movie powder is Albinoism.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: and
2: would you say triviality
6: yeah we didn't think of the movie but it's a great movie uh <laughs> said albinism.
2: yeah being a uh, being albino or having albinism i believe it is um would be the opposite of having uh, too much melanin in your skin and having almost none at all yeah so both uh, both teams getting points is it, on is that it albinism one. did i say it wrong i believe it's albinism <laughs> yeah Al- Albinoism. i said what greg said <laughs> i didn't want to sound stupid <laughs>
6: it failed
2: no i just sound stupid Adding in the final scores, Uh, Greg got one right, but it wasn't enough. He dropped ten points off his score. Triviality adds ten, so Triviality is this week's cream of the crop. One fifty-five to one forty.
1: Why continue? Just let
4: me pass. You have forgotten that I too am not afraid of death.
5: Appropriate for basketball today.
2: Well, that and also Game of Death. What a what a a
3: final, or what a crazy final round.
4: Yeah, very close. This was our closest game of death, I think.
3: Yeah, Yeah. by far.
4: And again, it's designed to be difficult. It's designed to be an uphill climb for our our guests. So uh, one of these days we're going to get taken down, but today is not that day.
2: Greg did mention to me uh, before coming on the show, uh, as it wasn't mentioned, we are friends. uh, He was was very concerned that he wouldn't do very well. And I got to tell you, you did Probably better than I would have, um, especially going solo against these guys. And so frank- and can't, frankly, can't, if, he uh, had,
4: if he had uh, been uh, less courageous and challenged me to basketball, he probably would have won.
3: Yeah, probably.
4: But uh, props to Greg.
3: But hey, if you want to be the best, you gotta you gotta beat the best. That's right. So that's why he went up against Matt, which is very commendable. You want to go up against you know who's gonna give you the the hardest fight.
2: And I don't think we've ever had anybody do that. So the fact that you did that and were the it was the closest game yet. That's commendable. You
4: Braveheart, man. You Braveheart. <laughs> I'm Braveheart. I'm Braveheart. I'm braver than you. Way brave. You Braveheart, man.
3: Anything you'd like to <laughs> plug, Greg, while you're here? Uh, before no. we kick you out on the street?
5: Uh, no, thanks, guys. It was a real <laughs> pleasure to be here. Um, I'll continue to randomly show up at your Monday Night Trivias that you guys commonly attend, and uh, I'll probably not help as much as or do as well as i did today in terms of my <laughs> contribution to the trivia team but this was fun i appreciate it thanks guys yeah good time
3: thank
2: you it was good
3: yeah before you leave just to come to the bathroom i have to show you something let me know if it's okay <laughs>
5: <laughs> i don't i have no comment <laughs> <laughs> Uh So, well, I'm also uh, not on the clock yet. So,
2: yes. uh, Again, thanks to Greg for joining us in the studio. If you would like to uh, get in touch with us, best way to do that would be just go right to our website, TrivialityPodcast.com. There we've got links to our Facebook, Twitter, and our uh, email address. You can send us those question five submissions. Uh, We do very much appreciate those when we see them. Uh, If you'd like to support the show directly in any capacity, um, I have David Levesey to thank for his recent contribution of $20 a month, which is really generous. Uh, We're very excited about. Um, So I think uh, now I think, Neil, is the time, you think, to announce uh, we're going to be going to Geek Bowl this year.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: Tickets uh, just recently went on sale, so we've gotten those. I assume oh, this I know. won't they're, go up for de- a few weeks. Well, yeah. So
3: they're <laughs> December thirteenth. So whether, whether this was released then or now, we will we will have gotten tickets.
2: Right. So we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be going to Geek Bowl. So your contributions uh, help us um, out a lot here, uh, covering our costs. Um, so we're we're trying to ramp up a little bit. Uh, we'd like to be able to spend some of that money uh, on outreach and. Um, we're probably going to try and do some things while we're there to engage with you guys. We'd like to meet with all of you who'd like to see us while we're out there. If you're able to come, uh, if not, we're probably going to do some uh, content out there, maybe you know, to send back uh, and put live on air uh, once we get back. So uh, we're very excited about that. We're looking forward to the opportunity to go out there and uh, hopefully meet and engage with a lot of you who enjoy the show.
3: Yeah, we're uh, we're looking to uh, maybe do some some episodes, some late on me's there. We'll be out for different dinners, drinks, uh, maybe some get together. So. If you're wanting to meet up with us uh, and we haven't spoken before about it, uh, make sure to reach out and say, hey, we'd love to to hang out with you guys for a little bit or uh, go to a local uh, pub trivia game there before the actual event on Saturday. Uh, We have some things that are in the works that we're really excited about, but we'll have more on that later um, talking with uh, the Geeks Who Drink folks and uh and yeah any any help you guys can give uh you know in the areas of patreon uh, is definitely going to help this trip because we're going to get some uh, equipment hopefully that will make us a little bit more mobile in boston so we can come to your hotel room you can come to ours and you don't even have to pay for it so it's just going to be a fun time uh, that was a prostitution joke but no one got it <laughs> uh but yeah uh, it should be a fun time we're, we're really excited and uh and we look forward to seeing you all there
2: thanks neil So on behalf of uh, the team of Triviality, Ken, Matt, Neil, and myself, and thanks again to our guest, Greg. That was Triviality.
0: I mean, we must be increasingly on the alert to prevent them from taking over other mineshaft space in order to breed more prodigiously than we do, thus knocking us out through superior numbers when we emerge. Mr. President, we must not allow a mineshaft gap. Sir. I have a plan.
3: Monsieur! Hasn't watched!